on the right sideline. Picked off! Intercepted at the 48-yard line. To the 35, to the 30 on the near side. As Vince Calhoun outside the numbers to the 10, to the 5, and reaches for the pylon. He's going to be just short. Minot open for three around a screen for Enabulele. Splash City! How about it? A triple. Dumped down Loma Tone. Thompson says, uh-uh, not in my nest. Get out of here. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Eastern Insider Podcast. I'm Kyler Ludlow. You will hear from Greg Steiner shortly. We've got a full show today. You'll hear from Coach Creighton of EMU Football. You'll hear from Coach Murphy as we tip off against Rutgers Monday night. You'll hear his thoughts on the previous week at number one Duke and then what is in store for the upcoming couple of games as Detroit Mercy comes to town on Saturday. Greg also talks with head women's basketball coach Fred Castro. So a full show, a great chance to hear from multiple coaches. But before we really get into things, we need to give a hearty congratulations to Eastern Michigan's volleyball team. For the first time in program history, the Eagles have taken home the MAC tournament crown and will be playing in the NCAA tournament. Cassie Howe was the tournament MVP. Alyssa LaFace and Jordan Smith were named all-tournament team. The Eagles won four matches in four days to take home the championship. It was phenomenal. They will find out their fate next Sunday night at 8.30. And you can check all that information out on emueagles.com. Without further ado, let's hear from Greg and the coaches in this week's edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Thanksgiving week means the end of the regular season for football teams around the country. No different this week for Eastern Michigan's team as they will try to feast this week on the Kent State Golden Flashes on Black Friday as they make the trip the first time. Head coach Chris Creighton has played the Golden Flashes under your tenure. How strange is that to have a team in your own conference you hadn't faced and you're in year five? Uh, it seems odd. We we always uh, scratched our head a little bit, you know, when uh, each year we hadn't played each other. And uh, through most of that time, we were, uh, our record was, uh, in the beginning, wasn't wasn't great. And they had some similar records and whatnot, but we never seemed to play each other. And But uh, we are now. And so excited to get there and, and see it. And obviously have watched them from afar for now the the end of the fifth season and so excited to get a chance to to battle before we delve fully into the golden flashes you look at the bye week that was you get a chance to give your guys some time off they still in the weight room watching film everything else but just changes the routine a little bit how much does it help to uh just get out of a normal flow for a few days and and recharge the batteries i think it's it's really good it's healthy you know we we've been going without a break since august 1st that's a long time you know and we've i think we've done a a good job with managing practice and preparation with how much hitting we're doing and all of that you know obviously we want our guys to be in the best physical and mental shape that they can be week in and week out Uh, but you also got to prepare and and so to give them some some time away some time off both physically and and mentally I, i think is uh is healthy and um you know we've gotten back together already obviously and started our preparation and you know i I think our mindset is is really good and and we're healthier than we were a week ago you go into this week having had bowl eligibility but nothing clinched yet a lot of teams certainly aided their cases over the last week to help them get in the bowl picture as well what's your team's message this week knowing that uh, a win guarantees you but a loss and you have to play that waiting game that no one wants to be on the hot seat with yeah i mean i think we we've addressed all of that 
and we addressed that, you know, a few days ago. And so now, and it's my personal focus and challenge the team, you know, to, to go back to, to who we are, what we believe in, and that's our theme and, and why we chose that theme. And so it's to go 1-0 this week. I mean, that's, that is our focus. And the whole focus fight finish was the definition for how you go about going 1-0. Um, so we want to go one and zero. We know that, and then so we got to focus, we got to fight, and we got to finish, and that's what we're doing this week uh, in preparation to to try to go one and zero on Friday. Over the week that we were separated, we had the word that came out: Blake Bannum and sophomore Mike Van Hoven were named to the Google Cloud Academic All District teams. First time that EMU has had two tabbed to that honor since two thousand five. Guys getting it done in the classroom, those two in particular, grades coming up also. You see the graduation success rates come out. Your team, again, tying for their highest marks it has in program history. It's not just about on-field accomplishments, the ability to get it done in the classroom as well. Yeah, I mean, it's just all goes back to, you know, what your purpose and, and what you believe in. And we're, we're not going to use people you know, for their talent here. And uh, I just, I've always believed and I always will that you don't have to come down off of being fully committed to being the best football player that you can be and still want to, to take advantage of getting your education and, and doing that at a really high level. I think sometimes people think that, that there's a choice between those two and it's just not the case. You can, you can be fully committed to both. And we talk about not recruiting fools, you know, and a fool is someone who's got an opportunity for an, a, an incredible opportunity with, with a, a college education and not taking advantage of it. And so we have a group of guys who uh, understand um, that they can do both um, at a high level, and, and they're doing that. And, you know, nothing's ever perfect, but, you know, I am. I'm very proud of the people we have in our program and for what they're doing on and off the field. And if Mike Van Hoven and Blake Bannum are going to represent who we are on and off the field, then I'm going to stick my chest out as far as it possibly can because those two guys are awesome, awesome human beings. Coach, this week your opponent is the Kent State Golden Flashes. They're coming in off a loss to Toledo. They've dropped their last two straight, but did get a momentum builder against Bowling Green three weeks ago when they were able to win 35-28. You look at it, they're a pretty balanced offense. What have you seen out of Kent State's offense? Well, you know, I think that's probably, uh, you know, what Co- Coach Lewis was addressing. And I know he's an offensive guy. I think there were some struggles offensively there in, in my time here at Eastern Michigan, even though we didn't play. And you want to talk about, a, you know, an immediate turnaround. The, the offense is, is getting a lot of the attention right now for them, and, and deservedly so, because it's potent. <laughs> I mean, their, their yards, points, um, they scored more points against Toledo than we did. You know, we felt as if we played pretty darn good uh, against Toledo. And so, and they're doing it on the ground and in the air. And, you know, their quarterback is obviously highly acclaimed. And, and then uh, now he's played almost an entire season, and you can see why. I mean, the guy's really good. Um, and they've put people around him, and both on the line and skill positions, that uh, they're, they're a good team. They know what they're doing. And I think what I love most about it is that I don't feel as though Kent State feels as though they've been beat or they've lost. I think that they're just like constantly trying to to get better, whether they win or whether they lose the actual game. It just, you don't get the feeling that they're up or down or that they're, you know, that they, they, they had a losing streak and so that they're down in the mouth and not playing hard or they have this huge boost from a win and that they're more energy. 
I just think that uh, they've done from afar, they've done a great job of getting them to play outside of the scoreboard and just trying to be the best that they can be. And I think that's ultimately the one of the greatest challenges. Um, and when you're able to do that, then you got something special. And so I, I really I, I admire the job they're doing. This is a team that had a lead second half against Illinois. They were locked up with Old Miss at one point in the second half and threatened Ohio at one point loss at home to the Bobcats. I know one thing that's impressed you a little bit about Kent State is their fight down the stretch. You were talking in the press conference, even late, they were battling against Toledo with just balls being thrown up in the air, even with seconds to go on the clock. Yeah, it's not a little bit. It's a lot of bit. Um, I'm impressed. Yeah, no, no question. I just, yeah, I've talked a lot about that the last play of the game. I just, I think that it's uh, a statement. But even the the thing about it, it wasn't like just a statement. It's that's who they are, and so it wasn't like okay, this one time they're chucking it deep and on the last play of the game and completing it, and they're they're doing that all the time, you know. And so it's uh, that was nothing new for them. It just, I just love that. I mean, that's you know, you you play for you talk about playing for for sixty minutes and having that fight and that mentality is awesome to me. I've been lucky enough to sit with you the last five years in this spot interviewing you as we sit through Thanksgiving and a time to look back and be reflectful on what you have and uh, what is the Chris Creighton and the Creighton family thankful for this year uh, as we approach Thanksgiving? Yeah, that's a, that's a long list. That's a gr- great question. There, there is so much to be thankful for. I mean, just even starting just with the program. I mean, and we we talk about it. Um, we usually have kind of a, a moment before every staff meeting, and part of that is giving thanks. I mean, thankful that uh, all of our lives have intersected. You talk about 110 players and the coaches and the staff and all that, and people from all over the country, and that we're all here together during this time, getting to do. Um, what what we're doing you know we're we're thankful for that it's, uh we're coaching and playing a game you know that we love and uh with really good people and getting to do what we're passionate about we're thankful for that and you know and then personally my family you know I'm, I'm thankful for so many things about them but i guess you know i'll i'll say this is just that that they not only support but they're as into what what i get to do here at eastern michigan as i am you know it's it's a a huge part of their life and you know that that allows for me to uh to feel good you know about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and how I'm doing it because uh because they're a part of it and uh so I uh very thankful for my wife and how she leads the kids when I'm not there you know how she's got them so involved with what we're doing because I think they follow her lead and uh, certainly not the the most heartfelt question but your your favorite thanksgiving side dish mine's personally stuffing but we have a fight in the office that people think that is way too overrated <laughs> well i think my wife is the best in the world at uh, lots of things um and food wise for thanksgiving i'll put her mashed potatoes up against anybody and um it's not a good thing but it <laughs> but it is a good thing it tastes good but it's not what i should be uh should be eating a lot of lots of butter coach we wish you the happiest of thanksgiving we'll see you on the bus on Thursday. Hey, I've got to give a shout out to our volleyball team here. I mean, uh, and I think, you know, through the social media, we haven't been with our guys yet since they've since they've won, but I've just seen a lot of it. But to coach Olson and the volleyball team, awesome job. You know, what an inspiring tournament that they had. And, you know, our guys 
like and respect uh, their team and and just I mean there's genuine happiness you know for what they've achieved and more to come but congratulations to our volleyball program with the blue cross blue shield of michigan mobile app you can manage your health care coverage anytime anyplace anywhere download it now from the apple store or google play alongside EMU head men's basketball coach Rob Murphy, his team sitting at 3-1, and one, fresh off a victory over Boston University, and a really good way your second half, your team responded a 16-0 run to, to push the game out of reach after it was down to 4. Well, I credit our big three. I thought Paul, James, and Elijah all were in a productive, rare form uh, where they left off a year ago. Uh, it was good to see Paul control tempo. It was good to see James uh, hit the offensive glass and then dominate the backboards on the defensive end. And also Elijah uh, being able to hit shots from the outside. Uh, he can just open the game, uh, which opens the game for everyone else. So I was happy to see him get back to his three-point shooting ways. 28 points for Elijah Minnie against the Terriers. This is after he had 20 points in his first three games. What was the difference today for him? Well, I think for Elijah, he was going through the nagging uh, hamstring injury. Uh, and then we went down and played unbelievable. Duke team, uh, which didn't allow him to do anything. Uh, he's continued to get healthy. He's continued to work in the gym after hours. Uh, we knew uh, at some point he would break out, and, you know, he got back comfortable the first half and made sure he continued to stay active in our zone and took a few shots. And then uh, when we got him some open looks, he made them, and then his confidence just grew. So it was good to see that he was still capable and uh, back to his normal normal ways. I know I talked to you about it in your postgame interview on the court, but the ability to trust in James Thompson, Elijah Minnie playing with four fouls those final eight minutes, and they were still aggressive enough, but able to play foul free. Yeah, well, that's what you have seniors for. They understand game time and situations. They've been on the floor long enough through experiences the last few years to know when and when not when they're in those situations. So I just trusted in them. At that time in the game, it was only an eight-point lead. Uh, so I just couldn't take those guys off the floor. Lucky enough for us, uh, they didn't commit any fouls, and they delivered on both ends of the floor, and we were able to get out of there with the victory. It looked a little like you tweaked some of your rotations a little bit today, trying to – I know at one point you felt – like maybe you had too many bigs on the floor at one point, so you, you made some transitions. What what do you say about some of the rotations you saw today? Yeah, well, it's been tough for us to get back on defense when you're playing a huge lineup like we have. So I've challenged our guys to continue to make the effort. They continue to push it in transition, so I wanted to go a little bit smaller with James at the five. I also wanted to play Kevin McAdoo a little bit more. He's really improved on the defensive side of the ball when he's in the game. Uh, he's a scoring threat. So uh, just moving forward, we're going to stick with our big lineup. But if we're laboring up the floor and not getting back, I'll just make the adjustments at, uh, uh, during game time. Rutgers, your team that you'll face next, but you take away a little look back at Duke earlier this week at, in Durham. Uh, it was a tough environment. You probably won't play in anything outside of maybe Kansas, anything quite like that. But I know the score was not what, the, what you want, but this really does set you up for postseason places that you could play. Uh, like that in an environment that really is hostile. Yeah, it's an unbelievable uh, environment. You know, obviously we didn't play well and they didn't bring the effort and energy that I would like. But it taught me a lot, you know, about my team. And, and we'll learn from that and it does set you up. 
Uh, but Duke, uh, they were just really good, really good basketball team. They pressured the ball. They were number one in the country, and they playing with a purpose every possession. And looking at the tape and showing our guys on film, Barrett, who's supposed to be a top three pick, they were up 36 points, and he dove for a loose ball like they were down three, and the game was on the line. So when you have film like that to show guys, you, you pretty much pay attention to the details and how you can implement those type of things into your program. Obviously, you say it, but to see the number one team in the country doing it in a against you it kind of teaches you a lesson and you have to buy into it so coming back from that game again it was a great environment and it does set you up for the hostile environments in Mac play and everywhere else will go but more importantly it's about learning from it and I think that's what we did this week your opponent will be the Rutgers Scarlet Knights uh, in Piscataway first time you have an opportunity to knock off a Big Ten since playing Michigan a few years ago when not quite the same style, but they they do play a lot of defense, maybe not the most talented offense. What do you see coming up for Rutgers? Well, they really has, have good size, just as big as we are. They're athletic, they're strong, they're physical. Uh, they can shoot some from the outside. They have some playmakers. I haven't dialed into them as much because I just don't look too far ahead. So I'm looking forward to watching them here pretty soon. But they're a really good basketball team, and they'll be at home, and everybody wants to protect their home floor. But with that being said, all successful programs and teams have to find a way to break through on the road. You can't have the ultimate success you, as you would like in, until you win a road game and prove to yourself that you can win in someone else's venue. So I'm challenging our guys to go down there and, and, and fight. A lot of energy, a lot of effort. It's another BCS-level school, which is a great uh, opportunity to bounce back uh, from the game we had on Wednesday. And then I know it's a little farther past that, but from a week uh, on Saturday you'll be playing – host to Detroit Mercy the first time in a long time. The Eagles and Titans have battled on the hardwood, and I know that was a series that you really tried to get back the last couple of years and were finally able to strike a deal this year. How important is, is it to have those local rivalry games? No, it's great. Uh, a lot of fan interest. Obviously, Detroit is, is a rebuilding program now, and Mike Davis is a great coach, and they're really good this year in year one. Uh, so always looking forward to the challenge. Uh, if we can get them in Oakland on the schedule year in and year out, um, I think it's a competitive mid-major game, a uh, MAC-level opponent. And, again, just uh, the local interest from everybody. We recruit the same kids here and there. And, you know, I think it's just good for everybody. So I'm happy that we can get that game. But, you know, more importantly for us, if we can win on the road to show ourselves we can bounce back from what happened to us on Wednesday, it would be great. And then we'll come back here uh, with hopes to protect our home floor. And then last question for me is also Thanksgiving week and a week that you look back and say what you're thankful for. What is Rob Murphy thankful for? Uh, uh, for me, I'm thankful for, uh, you know, my family. Uh, my kids are growing, you know, each and every day. Uh, they're doing well academically. They don't have any health issues. So I'm very, very fortunate uh, to see them grow and continue to prosper. And uh, I'm still excited to be here at EMU. I'm very thankful for the opportunity in 2011 that, uh, you know, Dr. Gregg and, and Dr. Martin awarded me the opportunity to be here. And you look, and, and I'm going in uh, year number eight. It's been a really good run. Uh, we're going to continue to build it toward a championship level consistently uh, but very thankful to be here as the head coach at EMU. Well and I think people also lose sight of it's not just about the wins and losses on the court it's transitioning these young men into the people they are as you look your latest grade uh, graduation success rate 
number one in the Mid-American Conference. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, a great feat. I talk to recruits year in and year out uh, during the process about, you know, attaining their degrees. I know I couldn't sit in this spot if I didn't have my education and my degree in, in place. And so that's important uh, to start your career uh, and be, be successful. So we've graduated 28 out of 30 of our student athletes. Our APR is at a thousand percent. So we're going to keep pushing and make sure these young men understand that it's important and the academics are first and then the basketball is second and hopefully we can have success or continue success in both. Coach, congratulations on the win and best of luck against Rutgers. All right, sounds good, Greg. Thanks for having me. Quick timeout on the Eastern Insider rolls on. Do you want to eat something better than ramen? Come to Candy Cane Wireless, your local Boost Mobile dealer, and get all the data and hotspot you need to feed your brain while having money left over to eat more than noodles. Boost Mobile by Candy Cane Wireless, located at 3033 Packard Street in Ann Arbor. Eastern Michigan coming in off a 50-41 victory over Illinois State to move their record to 2-0 on the young season as we are joined by Eastern Michigan women's basketball head coach Fred Castro. A very impressive way you were able to D up the Redbirds of Illinois State, holding them to 41 points, the lowest Eagles have held a Division I team since 2016. You look at it, they were really struggling, almost 10 minutes without a field goal. Really great defense. Yeah, and give our team and our players a, a lot of credit for their discipline, for their effort. Um, that's not something that happens on a regular basis at the Division One level, and we were making substitutions, so there were multiple players, multiple lineups in there, and it, and it didn't affect us defensively. So uh, really proud of our effort collectively, and then we were able to rebound as well, which goes a long way. When you recruit kids, you see them play – some defense the AU level, but of course most everybody wants to score and you get noticed by, by scoring. But how difficult is it to change that mentality when kids get anywhere and be like, no, we want to play defense first and that will lead to playing some offense. Well, that's part of the recruiting process for us. We look for kids that uh, have a certain level of competitiveness and pride on the defensive end. And a lot of them come from winning programs, which entail come from defensive-minded <laughs> uh, systems and programs. So it's not completely new to them. Obviously, the jump from high school to college is a lot different, but it is something that we look at as a staff in the recruiting process. Speaking of recruiting, last week you had the opportunity to sign a couple new faces for next year, and once again, a really strong recruiting base that you've built and uh, the thoughts on the incoming class. Really excited about them. Very talented offensive players, but again, these are two players in Aaliyah and Connie that can really sit down on you on 94 feet, and it's hard to shake loose of them. Great student athletes. We couldn't be more excited to have them. Uh, really, I think my staff gets a lot of credit. These were young ladies that were highly touted, highly recruited. Uh, they weren't needles in a haystack, if you will. Everybody knew who they were. Uh, and yet and still uh, we were able uh, to get them signed here. And I'm really excited about what the future holds for this program. Well, and that's not even to mention the fact you've got two kids sitting on your bench that are having to wait out after transferring from Oklahoma and Iona on their own right. Yeah, Ariana Combs and uh, Toyosi Abiola. Toyosi was freshman of the year at Iona. Very explosive player uh, that will fit perfectly in our system. And Ariana Combs, a transfer from Oklahoma State, who had started two years, her freshman and sophomore years there. So she's got a great deal of experience. And both of those guys, even though they're not playing for us, 
they've made an impact on our team with their energy and their charisma, if you will. Uh, so I can only imagine the impact they'll have on our program next year when they can actually get out there and compete in games. Two individuals that are making a heavy impact on your squad this year. Of course, Courtney Lewis got robbed of the freshman of the year last year, but has not uh, done anything but come out this year and, again, produced the high levels that she's accustomed to. Again, 16 points, three three-pointers against the Redbirds, and the kid just continues to impress. Yeah, I'm not real big on individual accolades, generally speaking, but that that's one that I'm just now starting to get over. I, I thought she was clearly the freshman of the year. No, no disrespect to Sierra Hooks at all. I thought she had a great freshman year, but the things that Courtney did for us, uh, especially in conference play last year, uh, were phenomenal, especially for a freshman. Um, what's exciting about Courtney this year is that she's really made the jump from a freshman to sophomore on the defensive side. She is guarding. She is, you look at our defensive numbers, you can't do that if you only have three out of five people guarding or four out of five. Right now, we are really, really close to being really consistent on a consistent basis um, on everybody guarding. And Courtney has made incredible jumps on the defensive side of the ball. The offense will continue to come uh, for her, and we'll obviously continue to run stuff for her and D. But really, the, the big jump for her is on the defensive end. And then someone we also saw a big jump in her defensive ability is Lorraine Enobulele, the transfer from Kansas. Uh, 11 boards, a career high, a couple blocks as well against Illinois State. What have you seen the most out of her this year's development, knowing that uh, you may have had somebody you thought could have started in Rajon Harris who goes down, but now Lorraine has to step up and fill maybe a bigger role. Yeah, really proud of, of Lorraine and, and her mindset more so than anything. Career high and 11 rebounds, that doesn't happen by chance. This is this has been months in the working. She completely devoted herself to her conditioning this summer, really worked on her game, worked on her body, and now you're starting to see uh, the fruits of all that hard work. So excited for her. Uh, she played against a really good post in Simone Goods, and I thought more than held her own. And I, I think the best is yet to come for Lorraine. This week she gets the chance to play in her home country as your team will go across the border on Wednesday to take on the preseason champion of the WNIT, and that's Iowa State, in a game you don't hear come together the way it did too often, but the Cyclones willing to, to share a game in Canada with you and a, a game against a Power 5 opponent that isn't always knocking on EMU's door. Yeah, no, I'm, you know, we're, we're always willing and looking forward to thinking outside of the box, and this is one of those scenarios for our program. Adam Call handles uh, scheduling for us, and uh, we were talking about getting Lorraine home in some form or fashion, and Iowa State uh, has a Canadian player that is a senior as well. So uh, we're good friends with the Finleys there, and we were able to put this together, give Iowa State a lot of credit for really doing the bulk of the work. But we're excited about playing in that environment, getting Lorraine home, uh, letting her play in her home country. 
And I told her I expected her 22 rebounds from her since we're in, uh, on her soil. It's a sold-out crowd already. No way to get tickets if you're thinking about making the trip across. But you will be able to watch the game on emueagles.com in an environment that will be really unlike one that you've seen maybe other than Education Day. Yeah, and it might be a little bit more intense because the arena is so much smaller. So it's going to create its own unique environment. Uh, I think noise will be an issue. Our ability to communicate will be critical. Uh, and I think the energy in the building will, will be phenomenal. So it'll be. It'll, I'm excited to see what this young team, uh, how we'll react to it. Obviously, we'll do our best to prepare them for that environment. But there's really not, there's only so much you can do. But I expect us to step up to the challenge and play a very good Iowa State team. And then you also, with the aspect of the quick turnaround playing Iowa State and then having Thanksgiving the next day, it also gives you an opportunity to, one, keep your team together, but also find ways to try to give back to the community as well. Yeah, we're, we're going to be able to have the international students on campus come by. The Convocation Center will be will have the opportunity to feed them, uh, obviously, those international students don't get to go home for Thanksgiving. Uh, so we're looking forward to kind of showing them a little bit of the uh, custom here in the holiday break and with the, all the the good food of turkey and ham and gravy and, and biscuits and, and whatnot. And our players will get to know a new group of, of students uh, at Eastern Michigan and vice versa. We're hoping there'll be a strong show uh, from the international student body and uh, just allow us to get to know them, them get to know us and uh, our, us do our part on uh, of day of giving. And then last question here with head coach Fred Castro. I asked Coach Murphy and I asked Coach Creighton their favorite Thanksgiving tradition. What's yours? Uh, probably cutting the turkey. <laughs> That's something that we've we've been fortunate to do, and more so than anything, it's the the time that we get with our family uh, in this circumstance, our immediate family, and then our basketball family. Something that we talk about a great deal within our program. So it's it's a unique time of year. Basketball season is obviously here, but it's nice to spend the t- spend quality time. Uh, with those that uh, you're around and love a great deal and and not talk basketball, not talk school. Just sit down, kind of relax, watch a little football, eat some good food, enjoy some good company, and if the weather permits, maybe throw some snowballs in the backyard. There you go. Appreciate your time. As always, Coach, happy Thanksgiving, and we'll look forward to being courtside with you on Wednesday night in Canada. Thanks, Greg. There he is, head coach Fred Castro, as we continue here on the Eastern Insider after a short timeout. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. 